0: Welcome to a special bonus episode of Character Creation Spotlight, everyone! In this bonus segment, we'll be shining a light on some current or up-and-coming games to keep an eye out for. I'm one of your hosts, Amelia, and today my co-host Ryan and I are welcoming Pete Petruccia to talk about Chew, a forged-in-the-dark, food-based crime-drama RPG.
1: Welcome back to Character Creation Spotlight, Pete.
2: It's really great to have you here. Thanks. It feels like we can make it like a yearly ritual of this. That you're, you know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you keep releasing games like this. I was going to say, you probably have a whole like a schedule filled with the people who release at the same time every year. So. I know. <laughs> it's so many right now.
0: Just Oh, will just put Pete on the calendar for go, every yeah. September. Like, hey, and September's
2: <laughs> coming up. We should probably reach out to Pete because he's going to oh, be... I'll see always doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know he's he's trying to reach out to me right now he just hasn't got there yet i know
1: <laughs> well pete uh could you start off with reminding us a bit about yourself and uh
2: what sort of projects you have going on right now oh sure yeah so i uh have a game company called imagining games uh i'm a game publisher and game developer um so the new game as you mentioned is chew it's based on the image comics it's an award-winning comic series that's really great and i'm super excited to get into talking about it. But uh, last time I was here, we were talking about Rest in Pieces. That was my Mm -hmm. uh, Jenga variant. It it was the favorite. My favorite quote that I heard was someone was like, it's like the love child of dread meets fiasco like, (laughs) you know, Uh, (laughs) it's a ridiculous roommate game about uh, deadbeat roommates who are stuck sharing the pad with the, the Grim Reaper. So that's one of my jobs this month is to actually finally get that to backers because as you know, the world has been delayed everything in our industry Mm -hmm. has been delayed by shipping and freight who were small fries too so Mm -hmm. um, I only got so much leverage to like get DHL to return my phone calls and tell me like truths you know they're always like yeah it's coming so many
0: like so many backer updates this month for various kickstarters being like we're sorry but we have no control over it and it's like I know I understand and I'm I'm sure there are people (laughs) that are like where's my stuff but I'm just like it's fine gets here when it gets here like you can't wonderful right
2: now about it but i i pride myself so much on being like the, the, the guy who's on time <laughs> you know.
0: like to you know to be like i did everything right i was on mm. a schedule i had it all like you know i met my deadlines and they're like mm, but what if it sat in a shipping container for five months and you're like yeah. well, what if it didn't <laughs> <laughs>
2: So it was supposed to be shipping like right now. And then of course now uh. it's I know October it's coming. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Anyway, games.
2: We like games.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you for being here. So this is an abridged version of our usual episodes. We're going to kind of stick to the highlights of things and not go as deep as we normally would. Sure. Um, we're going to just kind of focus in on character creation. Without further ado... <laughs> we're going to talk about what this game is all about. Yeah. What's in a game.
1: All right. Uh, yeah. Could you go ahead and start off by telling us a bit about the core concept for Chew?
2: I can't help but with the food puns. I'm like, well, it's a mouthful. So are you ready? Um, <laughs> so let's start That's with Ryan's food for dream. thought, right? Like, yeah. So yeah, please with Chew, uh, like I said, it's based off an image comic series. What's really neat is basically, um, in, listen to the similarities. Cause it's almost surreal now with, what we've been going through. So like in the 2010s-ish, the creator would say, five, it's always five years ago in a world like our own. The bird flu went crazy and the bird flu killed over 100 million people, which of course that matters some, but it killed over 20 million in the US. So the US had to do something about it. So the Food and Drug Administration became like the most powerful law enforcement agency in the world. And they became like Homeland Security in the wake of the, uh, the, the, the basically the, the pandemic that happened. And mm-hmm. chicken was outlawed because it was the bird flu, right? It was passed by poultry. (laughs) And this isn't a world where there are superpowers, um, but they're based on either cooking or eating foods. So any power you have is, only only manifest by either, well, I mean, there are some like somebody can wear spaghetti on their head and that's when they're 10 times stronger, but only as long as they're eating, wearing spaghetti on their head. Um, <laughs> but it's an absurd world that's very similar to ours where, you know, the FBI and the CA are almost non-existent uh where the fda is above the law Um, uh, they are policing things like chicken trafficking egg dealing and food food criminals right <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and the usda is like their their next of kin who's also risen up to the challenge um there are there's strange writing in the sky so there's some evidence of aliens and this is all in the <laughs> backdrop of really a story that's much more about like quirky characters like weird agents um and absurd characters that are have over the top like fatal flaws more than it is like a a a police procedural investigative game that's like delta green and takes itself really seriously right so Mm -hmm. it has a little more to do with like your primetime cop shows that's all about the cast and what they're dealing with in their personal lives oh and by the way this there's a serial killer this week so Mm so a very serious game (laughs) Right? (laughs) yes it's neat because one of the things the comics does really well that we emulate with the game is that every you know session is going to try to have that case of the week but with some of the tools we're going to show you and talk about these conspiracies are going on in the background and what's cool in the game is we get to kind of like the players almost kind of build them out of thin air over time as Mm. things begin to make connections um but in the comics that's kind of one of the things they were really good at is each issue felt complete it never felt slow it never felt brooding it always felt like bam that was a great issue I can't wait for the next one but then over the arc of every five issues there was something bigger going on whether it was in personal Mm. lives or building towards some grand conspiracy or you know uh uh betrayal or you know something that was always growing and so that's one of the things we're looking at is the playing to the campaign play as well uh Mm -hmm. beyond the fun of just silly one shots
1: oh i like
0: that so the setting is like you know i mean like roughly our own sort of like alternate um and if there are like superpowers and things like that is there like advanced tech too is, or yeah. is that like mostly related to food also
2: so what's really really funny is that clearly you know in this absurd world uh, like <laughs> the fda and the usda have like super like their budgets are just blown out of proportion right they're given all the money right. they could possibly want mm-hmm. to handle the the crimes of the day um and is kind of like our third wing like the if there was the next agency that'd be kind of the most uh, common for the players to be, it'd probably be NASA and NASA, if you can imagine them like fully funded to the point that they're just blowing money. It's pretty ridiculous what they have going on too, but yeah, yeah. So like the, um, USDA, for example, is, uh, every one of the partners. So it's kind of like every special agent has a partner, right? Every special Mm -hmm. agent in the USDA has a partner, which is a cybered animal so it's a cyber enhanced animal they always have like a a, like a metal casing over one eye with a red eye like Kano (laughs) from mortal Kombat. Um, but yeah and it's really ridiculous like in the comics you'll see like uh, what like uh i was trying to think of that cockadoodle like what are those birds called parakeets and like uh toucans and giraffes and lions and you know anything you can think of so um that's a fun thing and then what we see is also that that robotics division builds uh, and helps them uh when people are like really horribly wounded like replacing them uh, giving them replacement cybernetics which often ends up being animal themed as well like a crab claw or like the bottom half of a horse (laughs)
3: sweet love it
2: yeah yeah so it's always absurd um but yeah yeah there's that and then like the fda have all these advanced food powered weapons so they have like dedicated teams and yeah and some of the food powers are harnessed to make new technologies but that's yeah we're right like whatever you can imagine is almost what you can have in this game very cool wow
1: so what sort of materials then do we need to play
2: a game of two so you need your play sheets uh we use playbooks because it's forged in the dark Mm-hmm. um we have uh six-sided dice is the only dice you need obviously pencil pen whatever but one of the interesting things we have is we've brought uh, a cork board into play so all that is is a whiteboard um you know if you back the kickstarter we'll have a quad fold dry erase board that you fold out that looks like a corkboard out of the comics and you can imagine from investigative games you know use or, our tv shows like you'll see like photographs and people's names underneath and little rings and strings tying them together to like mm-hmm. you know uh, crime rings and stuff so we're playing off that but at the center of the table what it really does is wanted it lets us see in like these post-its post-its and then like yeah. making lines with uh dry erase markers we put like a oh, okay. post-it that's like what is the case because every you know every game started with like kind of a mission-based thing you get a supervisor who's like hey this is the case go check this out whatever it is mm-hmm. this is the case that we call chicken run because there's missing chickens and then mm-hmm. the Depending on what kind of game we're playing, the base game is usually has this investigative base. So we'll put three blue details, three blue post-its that say we're looking for a suspect method and a motive. And then as we find other leads, some will be included, usually in the brief. With yellow, we just start putting random thoughts that come up or people we meet or places we go or leads that we think are interesting. So the players are using it just as much as the game master is, is we're all just plotting things out and drawing lines between things as they make sense or question marks. Um, So having a whiteboard is really useful because what you'll see in play is it pulls all that great stuff on your character sheet. That's usually lost on the backside or on the bottom right yeah. corner. It puts it all in the forefront and oh, that's cool. all the player characters have some kind of personal trouble which give it like a tropic thunder element, right? Like, you know, mm. the agent that's over the top that shows up in the jungle and is like, I got your Devo to keep that alive in the game, right? <laughs> like those exist in the corkboard as well. So players can remind us or connect random things to it. And this all leads to also how these conspiracies can start to pop up over time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, like I love
0: that. I like the idea of being able to like grab things from like, oh, yeah, I'm being like, actually this <laughs> like
2: <laughs> and it was a bit of a challenge because, you know, other games have done, you know, like you've, you've, uh, clearly you two have played a lot of games, seen a lot of character creation that have like these hopes of like, oh, here's a one page handout that we put as the group, you know, template sheet of some kind. Um, but mm-hmm. we found that this is just uh, it's fun. And one of the mm-hmm. big things that's important for us is, like we are saying so often, it's got an investigative base, but it's really about the characters. So as much as we can put the important stuff on the table and make it kind of obvious, the less we have our players like really trying to puzzle out every detail and every who-done-it thing. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. So every every element that we can do to tame that kind of play and let you just be role playing your character to your heart's content is what we're trying to put in. So very, very cool. cool.
0: Yeah, I like that. Mm
2: hmm it gives us a neat option for the future though when you want to play like assassins we just change those blue three blue details and it's like the routine of the the mark where's the target and like who where how are they vulnerable and one of the things that we won't get to see today is data is like the fda is above the law they don't need mm-hmm. all three to be successful as long as they can point the finger at anybody they can go go try to crack the case on them and shut it down because it's again, it's about the characters. The case is just the flavor of the week. So even if they're really, really good, it's the player's uh, option to play like what they want to play when they want to play it. And if their characters just slacking off and hanging out and drinking beers instead of like working, that's an element of the game too. So. Oh, awesome. yeah. Yeah.
0: Can you um, talk to us a little bit about like what kinds of characters people can play?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. So we have uh, eight playbooks. Um, It doesn't, uh, we're going to see if they're all available (laughs) when we start, but the current plan is that there is the expert, Uh, the experts like a highly educated luminary in their field. Um, One of the popular characters in the the fiction is Amelia, uh, which is great here. Right. Amelia is a column writer, a food column writer. (laughs) And her food power is that, whatever she writes you can actually taste so she's very successful at her job um but it is pretty amazing that she could even be standing in front of you giving a speech and explaining to you how bad something tastes and you'll vomit so <laughs> the uh the hot shot uh, as you can imagine the brash one of the the typical police duo who'll stop at nothing to crack the case we have the inspector who's our more by the book the the shrewd detective uh the low life this might be an informant this might be a snitch this might be a reformed character or they just might really be a criminal that we're we need their help um the mascot is an innocent soul who acts selflessly to support others. So one of the elements that's really neat and chew is the family, the family really comes to play, like who are important in these people's lives, whether their family relationships, like what are people going home to that? It isn't their life. Isn't all work unless they're the inspector. So mm-hmm. uh, the mascot's a great way to touch on that of being like, are you the estranged child? Are you the best friend? The, the fear of missing out friend who bothers me every minute of the day, wondering what I'm <laughs> up to. You. Um, there's the prodigy, um, in the typical fashion, right? Like the person who just has all the skills and the talents, but just started yesterday is probably a little mm-hmm. get <laughs> a, um, a poop eating grin <laughs> say mm-hmm. the,
3: um, and then clearly
2: then we have the veteran right the opposite the expertise one the salty one the bitter one right maybe uh, mm. and the wronged the wronged is the element is um sometimes like in this case we have all these government agencies people get burned maybe they step on toes politically maybe they start trying to pursue a case that like their agency just doesn't think is a thing like they don't care about or something mm-hmm. happens to you and you, you want your vengeance so these are people who they can be your Wolverine character. I must right? They're obsessive with a dark past. So,
1: yeah. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think that's all we need to know. Uh, can you walk us through uh, the process to create some characters? Yeah, right now?
2: yeah, for sure. Let's make some people. So as you get your character sheets ready and out. I know that, uh, like I mentioned, if you, if you have the visuals of the full one, it might help you with some of the explainer text, mm-hmm. but we can basically just kind of move in different directions, but I'll just go to what seems like it flows well here. Um, so one of the first things that we want to do is we want to look at your attributes. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, I'm sorry, first of all, we have to know what playbooks you picked, right? Because yes. that, that determines right. which special, uh, like playbook related abilities you have to pick from, so. Absolutely. Of the things I mentioned, right. uh, what, what are you thinking? I'm thinking mascot. Mm-hmm.
1: I just got to lean into the uh, the innocent Surprised. soul who acts selflessly to help others. <laughs> uh, you got to do what you know, right? There you yeah, go. I
0: mean, that's fair.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go with the wrong.
1: All right. That's fine. Nice. Uh, you want to do one too, Pete? Oh, yeah, sure. How about I do? Yeah.
2: I'll do the prodigy. Nice. All right. Okay, It'll be a fun team. I pull my character up to you and click on over here. Okay, feel like you two load faster than I do. <laughs> as I, as I try to click things. All right, so there are four attributes. Uh, mm-hmm. When you go to roll um, for anything in this game, eventually we're going to narrow it down to which attribute. It sounds like. Uh, fortunes dark players know that the player is the one who gets to pick which attribute they want to use. And then the mm-hmm. game master responds with what kind of uh, position or risk there is and what kind of effect you might have, uh, you know, outcome like benefit, yeah. like, right? Is, is this something where you have standard effect, limited effect or great effect, and mm-hmm. it, it gives that conversation moment where the player can go, oh, well, I thought it'd be different than that. What if I did this instead? So they mm-hmm. always have this mid of a meta conversation, but the attributes So there's charm, there's guts, there's instinct, and there's training. Uh, Each of your playbooks has one of those already selected for you to kind of show you a little leaning of where they're going. Um, Charm is your ability to influence others and measure your personality. Uh, Guts is your ability to act with confidence, stay cool under pressure, or just tough it out. And then instinct is your intuition, observational acuity, and your ability to react quickly And training is your ability to recall information or act with discipline and precision. All right. Pretty typical tropes when it comes to most investigative, you know, uh, you could imagine investigative games, whether it was Sherlock Holmes or Mm (laughs) Scooby-Doo.
3: Yeah.
2: And then you'll get three extra stars that you can play. So for people at home, every one of these attributes can have a possibility of three stars. And if you had the number of stars you have is the number of dice you would get to roll when you were going to do something with it.
1: So it, it looks like I've got uh, one already in charm
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, as the mascot. So I'm assuming I get that one and then three more on top of you it. You do, yeah. Uh, wherever I want.
2: Wherever you want, but you're limited to two in any one category at character creation. Oh, okay. I'm at the prodigy. I think I'm going to go two in guts and two in instinct.
1: Nice. <laughs> so I just added one to, to charm. Uh, to give it two and added one to guts and one to instinct
2: all right i I should mention so if you don't have any stars you just you roll two d6 and you take the lower result so you you always can roll that makes sense and amelia what about you
0: uh i think i'm going to put one in charm and two in instinct
2: okay for those that aren't familiar with in the dark uh basically when you roll the dice it isn't a matter of necessarily how many dice you have to roll uh, to get a degree of success, you just want the one highest die roll. That's pretty much what matters. If you get a six, mm-hmm. pretty much whatever you were going for is going to go off without a hitch. If you get a four mm-hmm. and five, you're going to succeed, but there will be some consequences. Um, but ultimately, whatever it was you're trying to do, that does happen, but there may just be other things that happen or off to the side or some mm-hmm. sacrifice. Uh, if you're in a fight, you get hurt too, right? If you roll mm-hmm. one through three, uh, it's just bad. And then depending on that position is how bad, um, mm-hmm. there are criticals, which is if you get two sixes. So that's one case where it helps to have more than one die. Um, mm-hmm. but there aren't fumbles in uh, Fortune in the dark, though. I would argue that if you're in a desperate situation and you end up with a one through three, it's pretty much like a fumble.
1: Yeah, that's pretty bad. I just listened to a, uh, one of the international podcast month episodes that used a fortune in the dark system uh quietus i think it was oh yeah uh, I, and and i i finally understand forged in the dark now
2: <laughs> you know what's so funny about that is i have a copy and i i bought it a while back and i was really excited that's i think it's Ali jeffrey's game if i say the name right mm. and it i was really t- it's just really cool again and it's a neat like horror movie yeah. um and I don't think one time I thought about it over the course of making working in this game as a force <laughs> in the dark game. And you just blew my mind. I was like, oh, it's so cool. Like two years ago and it's on my shelf and I never pulled it out to compare, <laughs> which is weird for me. Right. Like I'm Mr. Research.
1: So. huh. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, it was a really fun game. Oh,
2: I haven't got to play it yet, though. I can't wait. So we can move, just move right along to the right side uh, to make it easy with the sheets going to mm-hmm. quirks. So uh, your quirks, oh, sorry, I forgot the two of you using the online sheet. So if you scroll down, yeah. you'll see uh, the quirks. So basically we have like four here that you could pick easily by just checking a box. Um, mm-hmm. And then you're always welcome to either come up with your own or pick from the list. So mm-hmm. this is just for, uh, you know, ease of new players, right? Okay. But the quirks in this game are kind of like the one cool thing you can do. Kind of (laughs) Mm -hmm. there. Sometimes the last thing we talk about, unlike most superhero games, because in this game, we're always thinking about the fiction. So when you go Mm -hmm. to do anything, I'm thinking about what kind of an effect you'd have based on everything on your character sheet and everything you described. And with that in mind, we, we stole from masks, which is a powered by the apocalypse game and what we ended up doing with these powers um amelia you want to list a couple of yours like just to give people at home an idea of the
0: examples here um oh yeah well let's see if i can say these oh yeah as i try to read them um torta espadero <laughs> you have the ability to wield tortilla chips as lethal weapons um let's see here effer Vinductor, you can create mind controlling messages in edible forms
2: foams Foams. Foams.
0: oh look at that think barista
2: <laughs> oh my goodness
0: oh my gosh Craft yeah
2: these are wild
0: animate constructs out of mashed potatoes <laughs> oh.
2: so w- what we're getting at is that a lot of times they're super oddly specific and they're they're all kind of weird and sometimes like um there's a good one of like you can uh, share memories if we all share a meal But that's the kind of power that you might use once a session, like you're going to build to that. Right. So we found that with these quirks, it's really like a permission narratively, like you can just, do these things. I mean, clearly mm-hmm. like making mashed potato golems is easy for you, but it maybe takes time. So maybe like another mm-hmm. fortune in the dark ways, and we might use clocks. If you were building an army of how long it takes to build an army, right? Yeah, um, sure. But otherwise you can do these things. And we found that by limiting them previously to like expenditures of other you know, uh, we're going to talk about appetite eventually that we were just holding people back from doing the coolest things. Um, mm-hmm. So with the effect, the position effect system, this has been really easy to implement and let people use whatever powers they want as often as they want.
3: So. Mm-hmm.
2: Some of the characters also have celebrity in here. Uh, we have like Dave Futuro, which is like the person who's from 30 years in the future, who's come back. Um, so th- <laughs> these are all, they're not all food powers, but right, like, right. but they could be. That and the other random weird things that make characters unique.
1: Oh, it's very cool. Uh, so I'm going with uh, Victus uh, Speciosian. <laughs> uh, you can rattly, radically alter your appearance with food-based beauty products.
2: Nice. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I have, uh, I, I struggle as much as everyone else, right? I have, I think it's Exoco Scalper, which is I can carve functional objects out of chocolate.
0: Oh, oh, that's
2: really cool. And Amelia, which one did you pick?
0: Um, I am going to go with uh, tortilla chips as lethal weapons. Yep.
2: Yep. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> and then now we get to arguably the most important thing in your sheet, which is the approaches. Um, mm-hmm. So on your online sheet, this one actually would have been right next to your attributes. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. If you click that little scroll box thing, you can see different choices that are there. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's a whole list. Now, these are kind of like personality traits, but they're traits that everyone in this world identifies you with. Okay. The list is all categorized in ways we would describe food. (laughs) So you could imagine if you were a character that's 100% raw, that you say what's on your mind and if we mm-hmm. ever had to withhold information we'd probably hold that against you because you're always speaking your mind and we can see it on your face um, if you're a beefcake right you're clearly like a buff and big and tough mm-hmm. uh, if you're bitter we, we know that you're kind of a cynic, right? You probably are always going to have that harsh uh, tone to your voice. Uh, the corn dog is the person who voices the puns, right? The ha- hard boiled is clearly our detective that just is always on the move, persistent relentless, but yeah, you pick three of these and every time you go to do anything, I probably as a game master, am going to say, Hey, what are your approaches? Until I remember them by heart. Because I'm mm-hmm. always going to be thinking about how they modify your effect when you do whatever it is you're doing, and sometimes I'm be like, "Oh, yeah, you, this is a small hole, and your bite sized. Don't even roll; like you just walk right through." But the next person who's a beefcake, they're going to have some difficulty, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So look through those. If you have questions about what those uh, are, I know you have that quick start guide. If you want to look at the the sentence descriptions, but they're used very broadly. So. Mm-hmm. You can pick out three that interests you for your character. Yeah, spicy. Spicy is the passionate one, right? You're mm-hmm. the live wire.
0: Oh, Ryan, you went exactly what I thought you
2: <laughs> <laughs> Vanilla egghead is if you want to be the normal person sweet in the world where everyone's weird, right? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep,
1: I love it. Ryan, what'd you pick? I went with uh, egghead, delicious, and sweet pea.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and Amelia, what would you pick?
0: Um, I picked exactly what you'd think I would pick. Yep. I picked conspiracy nut, spicy, and bold.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Spot on.
0: <laughs> and what did you pick?
2: Well, and then I have uh, beefcake, 100 percent raw, and mouthy. Nice,
0: perfect. Uh,
2: I, I like the beefcake with the prodigy, just because you kind of always expect like a kid, so it's, it's yeah. kind of right. <laughs> switches up the 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 mental picture. Yeah. Um, next, you want to look at the perks, which are what's special about your playbook. These are all your like list of special abilities. There's a, yeah. usually, I think, there's eight of each on each one of them. Um, by the base game, you would pick one, but when we play one shots, I have people pick two because their characters are are the FDA and everyone's pretty good at their job or experience mm-hmm. and specialized. Mm-hmm. Like every single person that works in the USDA is like a female that's like ex special forces. So they're all like super badass, every single one of them. So I'm like, ah, you know, picking too often makes sense. Yeah. So take a look. I I know, um, on mine, um, I, the first one I have on my list is mental palace for the prodigy. Um, it's maybe I like the name that might be part of it. Is is that, so when you dig in, in addition to any other effects, choose one. You receive a perfect mental map of your surroundings, or you know exactly what's about to happen, though the final outcome remains fuzzy. Mm. So that brings up uh, what these will bring up a lot of times are different mechanics, right? So Mm -hmm. digging in is one of the ways that you can uh, spend your resource in this force in the dark game that we call appetite it's kind of like your will or your drive to carry on uh, your appetite Mm -hmm. to continue. Um, If you, you can spend two points of your eight appetite to uh, dig in, which is like lean into one of your approaches, be descriptive with it and get an extra Mm -hmm. die or more effect. Um, Okay. If you want to help someone else, you can do the same thing, spend one appetite and lend a hand, but then you're tied to Mm -hmm. the consequences. Very cool. So in this case, mental palace, not only do I get the benefit of digging in, But if I did spend the appetite, I also always get this benefit if I pick this perk. So nice, yeah, very cool. Um, I went with Ninja Cream Puff. (laughs) You know, the mascots (laughs) got some of my personal favorites just because they're so amazing and like ridiculous and comical. And (laughs) Uh what's Ninja Cream Puff?
1: So this one, people underestimate you. When you let them, you may engage in hand-to-hand combat with charm, without <laughs> suffering a penalty to your position or effect. Yeah,
0: amazing. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm just a sweetheart. Uh, you keep believing that,
2: <laughs> and Amelia. Did any of them jump out to you for the wronged?
0: Um. Okay. So I'm. I really like all oh, language. List. Ryan, you're going to have to figure out how to edit this. That's on Hoop you.
2: List.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> um, you keep a list of anyone who has wronged you. Gain, uh, gain effect when you act to undermine them. Recover three appetite when you cross someone off your list.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's really fun because of the court port. So like mm-hmm. the wronged with that, we often see them, do they just slap everybody down. They're like, <laughs> everybody that looked at them wrong, everyone that like slighted them ever in their life. And in force in the dark games, we also have flashbacks, right? So you can kind of, to help you jump into the action when you want to, uh, mm-hmm. or to take desperate actions and not be held back as a player who may have forgot something. Um, what's fun is you add that to like the wronged in a couple of cases here too, of like, you might, the wrong might need someone and be like, all right, we're adding them to the list they didn't even say anything yet if you're like yeah but what they did six months ago and let me tell you all about that and then slap new connection like,
0: flashback yeah.
2: oh that's amazing yeah i love it yeah so perks as you can imagine right they're they're usually things that are either giving you more of a benefit for digging in uh mm-hmm. things that like with the hot shot for for example or trying to encourage you to be brash encourage you to take more desperate and risky actions right uh and then clearly, with some of them like the veteran or in this case the wronged, we want them to make better use of the corkboard, right? It's about the connections. Mm-hmm. The wronged is one of those characters that's building a, 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 their own storyline in a way, right? They're they're building a conspiracy even by their their playbook design. So uh, it's very clear that we're having them constantly be playing with the connections and looking at the corkboard with more opportunities for them to find stuff to latch things yeah. onto. Um, so we mentioned appetite. Uh, you would start with that full track. In uh, the front page, there's also these conditions. Um, it doesn't have health, so basically, what happens is when you, you take damage, whether it's psychologically, mentally, physically, any any of the above, you would take conditions. So the conditions in this game are, are based off of the four attributes. So your charm can become manipulative, your mm-hmm. guts can start to become ruthless, your instinct can become impulsive, and your training can lead to you becoming cocky, and as you're using these attributes, kind of like an approach, these new conditions are now taken into consideration with everything you do. So, yeah, okay. you are a charming character, but now everyone's starting to notice that your charm is as charming as it used to be because it's a little more cutthroat. It's You've become manipulative. So these conditions, as you take uh Riskier and riskier actions, you might take one of these, you might take two of these, you might even take three of these if there was something like really desperate in a horrible situation that got thrown at you. And when you take all four plus one, clearly you're kind of at our liberty of, uh, you know, um, one of the things with Chew is Chew can get really, really dark because the title character, um, as we talked a lot about food and RPGs and the silly and lighthearted side, the title character's power is that they see the origins of whatever they eat. So Hmm. um, when you become a criminal investigator and start investigating things like murder, it it becomes very quickly that everyone's pushing cadavers and uh, pushing, hey, Mm -hmm. just take a bite. Let me know. Is this marriage a good idea? Like suddenly every (laughs) you're eating people, whether you want to or not. Um, uh, So. What we want to do with Fortune in the Dark is Fortune in the Dark has this amazing way to resist things. Players, as long as they have appetite, can be like, whoa, 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 game master. No, we don't need to go there or I don't want that to happen to my character. And they can choose to resist. And what you do is the GM then tells you which attributes to roll, but it always succeeds. That just determines how much it costs you an appetite to resist. Okay. So they, what's neat is we can kind of mirror that in this game. The GM can, can describe and go right down the road until the X cards t- touched, or you know, to whatever degree they want to. And then the player always has that option to be like, "Yeah, yeah, let's." No, 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 that's not happening. Um, mm-hmm. So we can kind of have our cake and eat it too when it comes to going there and having that tension <laughs> of describing <laughs> and the player being "I don't know. You didn't say I could resist. Can I resist? Can I resist? Wait a second. Hold on. Me, I'm not done yet." <laughs> you know, and then they can still have that agency if they want. Um, So, yeah, when you take your fifth condition, right, you'd be knocked out or worse if you were out of appetite. But um, the fun thing to mention there is that each one of them has a clear condition. So in Force in the Dark Games, they have something called downtime usually. Um, After the investigative in this case of a heist play, the core gameplay, you'd have like this sort of downtime afterwards of like what happens between cases. Mm -hmm. Um, in Shu, we actually slapped that right in the middle for the investigation phase. So we don't have downtime like normal, Mm. but the conditions can be cleared by doing social things and taking a scene to do so. Or if you had plenty of time, you could use one of your downtime activities to take some R and R in the middle of the case (laughs) with Mm. other penalties. Right. But yeah, like if you're manipulative and you want to get rid of it, you just have to lie to an ally. But like, you need a little scene there to like, make that it's gotta be something they're gonna, they're gonna find out that you lied to them. They're gonna remember Mm -hmm. that you lied to them. Why did you lie to them? We were trying to build this chemistry of these real people, right? Vulnerable people, quirky people, um, ruthless. How do you clear it? You have to lash out against an ally. Um, impulsive clear by inviting trouble which we're going to walk right into next. And then Mm. cocky clear to clear cocky, you have to refuse aid. So there's gotta be a moment where like, Mm. you clearly should be taking help or not going alone, but you're going to say, you know what I'm doing here is I'm refusing aid so that I can clear my cocky trade and I'm moving on. (laughs) And I know it's a bad idea as a player, but that's what I'm doing. So the only thing we really didn't do here other than giving yourself a name and a pronoun is we didn't talk about your trouble. So every character walks in with some unique, personalized trouble of uh, something that no matter what you do or no matter how hard you try, will find mm-hmm. its way to wiggle its way to the forefront of your investigation for the FDA and cause you problems <laughs> and probably eventually cause the rest of your, your, uh, team crew squad problems. Well. Mm-hmm. Um, they have categories like debt, romance, rivalry, uh, family vice. um, but some of my favorites are like the conspiracy nut who uh their problem is with combo utensils
0: they're <laughs> abhorrent
2: they shouldn't exist and that this person has a podcast uh if <laughs> it rails against combo utensils um, so this was a rivalry in their case right um but these usually like while well, we have examples they are things you make up sometimes yeah. you make that's specific uh and usually tied to at least one other person uh that's okay. of importance
1: very nice yeah um, family I chose, I chose romance for my oh did you yeah of course you did of course <laughs> uh, guess what i picked guess which one it's got it's got to be uh, it's got to be rivalry yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> you two are a great compliment though you know
0: <laughs> we know each other well yeah. at this point and like we you know i think at first we we tried to like play outside our boxes and then in the last like year or so we're like let's just you can always make a magical girl and i'll always make a necromancer and we'll all be happy yep. it,
2: what's well, very great for Chu because there's always this this long line of history of like police procedural games that have like the partner combo right the tango and cash mm-hmm. so it's every time you two have said anything it's always been like that like the opposites that shouldn't be together but of course they are mm-hmm. so. yep
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah. No, I could definitely see this as like a great buddy cop. Like,
2: absolutely. Yeah. You
0: know, you would like your obnoxious. Like you probably have like a pink fuzzy thing around the <laughs> steering wheel mm-hmm. of the, the car. And yeah, mm-hmm.
2: the best part mm-hmm. is.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we only play metal on the CD player.
2: These things would be <laughs> added to the corkboard, and you would start to uh, tie them to each other and maybe even put them between you and talk about like who hates and who loves this. <laughs> what so and so. And I love it. It's wonderful because then it's very easy for things to come full circle. Right. Mm-hmm. As then later yeah. on when the car explodes, um, you know, your, your, your friend, what your frenemy here walks, comes back with your pink steering wheel cover and goes, yeah, but I got you, bro. I got you. You know, like that's <laughs> right. they know it they know was true. important. They couldn't
0: save the car, yeah. but I got this. I got you fuzzy you dice. You can get another <laughs>
2: car. This priceless. Yep. Uh,
1: what did you go with your, for your trouble, uh, Pete?
2: Um, let me see. I was talking too much. That's fine. I think <laughs> I am going to go with, I like a rivalry for the prodigy in general, just because mm-hmm. they just seem like the person who's just always got to be challenged. Uh, and and yeah. if there's not a challenge, they're probably finding ways to make a challenge. And mm-hmm. um, in two, in the supervisor is almost like your biggest villain, because your mm. supervisor is the one who you're going to talk to throughout, is going to give you the cases. And at the end of the day, you're going to have to report back to you. And tell Mm -hmm. them the good and the bad of what happened Um, in, in the stories of the comics uh, they play this up very much. Like sometimes you have the boss that just hates you from day one for no good reason. And everything that you do is the bane of their existence. Um, (laughs) So we like to play that up as well. And we, in the Kickstarter, we hope to have different boss profiles because everyone who knows who's had multiple bosses, right. That like, doesn't matter how great your job is or how much it sucks. the, The boss can make the whole, It can be all that matters, right? Like your boss is amazing. Your job sucks. You kind of put up with it because, you know, it's not that bad, but if your job is amazing and it pays really well, but your boss is horrible and a tyrant, you're out of there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So my rival would probably be with the boss because I'd like to be the one who would, you know, be sticking the middle finger to the boss, but they just couldn't get rid of me because I'm the prodigy. I'm just too good for some reason. They can't quite put their (laughs) finger on. And I'd love to have that (laughs) ongoing relationship. Absolutely. So I'm sure that there'd be like a picture on their desk or <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be trying to like date their son or daughter or something, you know, just yep. <laughs> something to really get under their skin and show up all the time. So, yeah, maybe uh, I would maybe. do that. I would pick out like some kind of romantic relationship as a rivalry though, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's not because exactly. I actually care about the person.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I love it.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. And then on the back sheet, you don't pick these, but like every playbook has different, like, like five unique pieces of gear which are just fun things like, a, like the low life has like contraband, <laughs> which gives them kind of permission to like say what it is that they have that they shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, I know on the prodigy, I have a crime solving kit, a Kick, which is an affordable and nutrient rich in 1000 milligrams of caffeine energy bar. <laughs> oh boy. I have a fake ID and a gaming laptop, you know, so. Oh, so good. I've got
1: uh rookie's gear. Uh, puppy dog eyes, <laughs> a winning smile, uh, street chic and uh, snacks. I love
2: it.
0: I have a conspiracy blog. That, of course.
2: Oh. Of course. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. You have to be heard.
0: And a, and a hidden lair.
2: <laughs> Thank you for that. Like, that's like the best one we ever made was like, oh. when, when the, oh. when the, the wrong out of nowhere is like, well, I have a hidden layer and everyone's like, what? <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah like is it an underground bunker or an rv in the woods
2: yep I like the a maniacal laugh
0: as well it's oh, truly it's so unsettling it's
2: so good right so just more things that add to effect mm-hmm. and um, more more things for the player to be like oh man so i thought of real charm but he, the gm's telling me that this is like risky limited like i just wouldn't be that effective with what i'm doing but when mm. i can start being like but i have this and my approach is this Suddenly it's standard. It might even be great now because my church is really mm-hmm. good with the stuff that I have. that makes me different. So mm-hmm. I, I really love that. That's probably the best thing we, we really liked with Forge in the Dark for this universe, the universe mm-hmm. is that uh, <laughs> it, it ended up fitting like a glove unexpectedly. And the big part is that is that like it, it promotes just describing the coolest thing that you want to do whenever you want to do it and like mm-hmm. going for it. And I like that it shines a spotlight on taking risky and desperate actions because we want to reward that sometimes because in the comics, Mm -hmm. that's what they do. Right. They like run into Mm -hmm. trouble. So there's literally times where they're like two to three weeks F that I'm taking care of this right now. I'm going home. (laughs) I'm not, not waiting for a warrant. Yeah. So we can we can we can push those buttons uh comically Mm -hmm. and players can be those characters and then the Mm -hmm. more they know of this world you don't need to but the more they have the more descriptive they are the more that they can really feel they're there but also be rewarded right mechanically Mm -hmm. so that's cool
1: that's awesome
3: absolutely
2: um i think we're on names now is that right yeah yes so i gotta tell you anybody who's anybody has food in their name i I mean i already did it (laughs)
0: <laughs> I don't So like for example
2: some of the characters in the game Are like so there's Tony Chu uh, Who's of uh, yeah. you know Asian American family CHU Right um, mm-hmm. but when you Go to his partner it's John Colby uh, his, okay. his Girlfriend is Amelia Mintz But it's like with a Z at the end mm-hmm. uh, His daughter's name is Olive um, <laughs> uh, Their boss is uh, Mike Appleby <laughs> oh, there you go. And hmm. let's see us Mason's normal, Caesar's normal, hmm. as I try to think of. I know. Um, I got
3: it.
2: A lot of the characters. That's one of the things we try to do is to like promote players being you know whatever gender or whatever pronouns they prefer. We usually give them like a last name with food, like macchiato or something, hmm. and then like a first initial, so that they can you know flesh it out to their content. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, Ryan, what did you go with? I went
1: with uh, Emery Wellington. She, her pronouns.
0: Wellington. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like went a with, Uh
3: steak.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Mm. Uh, I went with Marion Cobb, they, them. Nice, pronouns. Cobb. <laughs> that's so good.
2: <laughs> um, I think, oh, you said that. I'm going to say, how about Miles Mako? For oh. the prodigy, it's like a shark. Nice. Love it. <laughs> I would probably go, I'd probably go they, them. So, <laughs> changed my mind.
1: Very cool. Nice. And I, I saw there was some personal details you could fill out as well. Um, mm-hmm. There's the the beat. What's your connection to the case? Um, the look and the bio. I'm assuming that the the beat probably is more applicable to when we're actually playing the game at that
2: point. So the beat is like, we, we think it's going to be changed to your background, just because that's the term that makes the most sense. We We like beat you know building the game is we're like oh it's like your Mm -hmm. beat it's like a cop term right um Mm -hmm. but really it's become at this point as we've really fine-tuned the game it's just kind of a background um -hmm. and what it means is like what kind of work do you do for the fda like what's your wheelhouse Mm -hmm. how'd you get involved are you an informant Uh, have you been a field agent are you a civilian expert right like you're really more of a contractor um are you a journalist more so that we can kind of have that to pull from you know it's not super Mm -hmm. important but sometimes it is but it it, what we like about it is when the players are thinking about it it may give them like more of a delineation of what kind of character they are instead of them being like oh we're all fbi agents right we're all fda like Mm -hmm. they're not seeing like uh mully and skull Sco- uh mully and sculder, uh Scully and Mulder. Um, you know, in every way, right? They're looking at the. Like, right. oh, I could be, but I could be an informant. I could be a snitch in the streets. And you're the person who's actually the, you know, the agent. I'm the rookie and you know. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I think even having like one sentence there can determine a lot when you're role playing yeah. for like what, you know, how did I get here? That makes sense. Why am I here?
2: <laughs> One of the funny things in the comics is since the FDA is like the big honcho in the government, they clearly uh, can kind of get whatever they want. So there's a lot of times where like the USDA is like loaning agents to them or they have a special mm-hmm. agent that they've pulled in from NASA. So it, yeah. it's also a little bit of that of getting people thinking of where else they could come from. Um mm-hmm. Which I can't wait, and we're doing two books. So the second book, we're gonna expand more of the agencies. And like the coolest thing I think of that's really small in the comics is the National Weather Service, because mm-hmm. they're like secretly oh, yes. the government's like uh, hitmen, because <laughs> like everyone <laughs> like hates them and they think that they do a horrible job, and it's actually because they don't really do the weather. <laughs> yeah. They show up in plant suits to your house with like battle axes and like medieval oh, no. weapons and they kill you because they're just the, the, the government hitmen. Um, so I, I love some of the twisted, silly government agency things that uh, are hidden in there that will open new agencies to work for. And mm-hmm. right, the Kagyushin assassins amazing. are martial arts hitmen hit men that are hired, hired by criminal organizations that fight with uh, kitchen mm-hmm. utensils. You know, oh, wow. <laughs> amazing yeah
1: so for my beat i put uh undercover agent oh nice yeah thought it fit very well um and my luck i put auburn hair green eyes adorable <laughs> feisty
2: <laughs> yeah i think the prodigies beat. um i would probably play into the the teenage right like the teenager um so mm-hmm. it'd be like high school student Maybe even straight A student, which should be fun because clearly it's like, how am I involved? Am I family related or did the case happen in some way where like I was there? Was I a witness and Mm -hmm. I ended up being a prodigy? Oh, that's very good. And since we went miles, Mako, maybe I'd be like in board shorts and like in surfer clothes. (laughs) You wouldn't take me serious at all, right? Like I look like the senior who's ready to ditch.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's amazing.
0: Uh, For my beat, I put extraterrestrial research for NASA.
2: Oh, yeah. awesome. Oh, okay. He's a conspiracy night. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then my look, I put brooding and over-caffeinated.
2: <laughs> I love it. And
0: for, for my bio, I put this close to finding life on another planet until I got transferred. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly.
2: Which is a great oh, built in conspiracy, right? Like, because I can mm-hmm. see your characters like, yeah. But you know why I was transferred, right? I got too close. Right. And then you know who's really running NASA, right? Who my supervisor was. Because they've been playing a since like it Area the 51. Yeah, exactly.
0: Obviously. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, I would have so much fun with this character.
1: Yeah, it would be a lot of fun.
2: Goodness. Is that, is that everything? I hope I didn't bore you with way too much information about mechanics and no. stuff. But yeah, yeah. I mean, like... This was good. As you can kind of see when you actually look at the sheet, like, you can check a few boxes here. You're good to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: yeah, we did that pretty quickly.
2: But with listeners yeah, involved, I feel the need to be like, hey, this is what this is, and this is what this is, and this is why.
0: Yep. Well, no, I mean, and it's helpful, because obviously they're not looking at the character sheet the same way yeah. we are. So, absolutely. like, we can see what all of the choices are, but, you know, it helps to have somebody mm-hmm. to explain what we're picking from. So I, mm-hmm.
2: I like talking about how there was a time not too long ago that we thought the the core attributes would be your approaches. And we loved it. We loved that. It. it was like you're, you're rolling a number of dice based on being dark and stormy or being like a hundred percent raw and using these like traits to describe how you mm-hmm. do everything. And Then we were like, oh, but, you know, fortune, the dark and powered by the apocalypse expect pretty nice playbooks. And that became Mm. a total character sheet layout nightmare of how do you choose the out of like the 20 or 50 different approaches you might want to use three of them. And then have them in any way relatable on the front of your sheet i was like pitching for like a craft project and they were like Uh pete this is not no you're gonna have a hell of a time trying to run games and get people to jump into a chew game if you're like here just cut out from this sheet of paper the three approaches you like and then glue them on the sheet
0: (laughs) i don't know um the fifth edition of legend of the five rings does approaches and it's like you have you have um, like skills are grouped and then there are five like approaches, like for the five rings. And then they're different based on like what skill group you're using. So like your earth approach for one is like, um, like recall. And then for another, it's like withstand. And so it's like, depends on what you're trying to do. Um, But it's still, you know, like that's another game that has like lots and lots of skills. So it's like, you know, you've got like 20, some different combos of things which is not good for a playbook
2: sure yeah and and like i've been playing games long enough that i'm 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 like okay with having to write everything on my sheet you know where they Mm -hmm. just give you a sheet with like slots but you know but then yeah you're like trying to be realistic about like if you're making something in Forge in the dark or powered by the apocalypse There's kind of a standard that's already set.
0: Right. There's expectations when I show up to a PPT. If you're gonna break that model, it
2: probably better be for a good reason. So Right, Mm -hmm.
0: right. It better be a really
2: great plan. Absolutely. (laughs)
0: Is there anything else that you want people to know about the Kickstarter, about this game? Um, anything else that you want to yell at people about while you have a platform to do sure. that? Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: I mean, we launch on Tuesday, the 5th of October. Uh, it's going to launch okay. at 9 a.m. Uh, I believe that will be in the past <laughs> when this airs. Um, so please check out the Kickstarter. Maybe. It's Chew the Role Playing Game. Um, It's the officially licensed product from Mighty Layman Productions and Rob Guillory Incorporated. Um, The creators are working with us. They're wonderful human beings. We hope that if we do well enough, we'll bring them to Gen Con to sign all your stuff. Because it'd be really neat to have like awesome known comic industry people at gen con out of their element, Mm -hmm. citing stuff for us um but yeah there's going to be there's collector's editions of the books with slipcase that are like holographic covers there's badges Mm -hmm. the cork boards dry erase if you want to get the the full-blown one for your table Um, there's two books like we said there's going to be the core book which is very much like if you like blades in the dark or scum and villainy or any other force in the dark book it's going to give you for everything you need rules wise the core game enough setting and factions to continue on but if you're someone who's like whoa we can play forge in the dark with like an amazing setting with all these factions and all this history you might want to pick the world book as well which we call the universe which will give us new ways of playing advanced playbooks Mm -hmm. expand on the cybernetic animals and all kinds of stuff ton more factions. So I'm really excited mm-hmm. about it. I think it's it's going to be awesome. Uh, we have a lot of amazing astral plays going on. So Weave the Tail right now is doing a, a 10 ep, a, yeah, ten episode weekly uh, series for cool. us. So you can already check that out if you go to Weave the Tail on Twitch. Um, nice. We have Hyper RPG that is doing a one-shot uh, with some notable people and they're playing the cast from the comics. So that's going to be a, oh, a cool. wonderful right. thing to see. That should be on launch day. Um, yeah, so uh, keep tuned. If you like role-playing public radio, there's a whole bunch of people who've really been supportive because luckily a lot of people are like, Oh my God, I love you. <laughs> so nice. it's nice. Very cool. Um, That's super cool. Yeah, I guess I'm excited. If you, if you remember anything else, you can go to imagininggames.com and there'll be links, obviously the Kickstarter, all the social media places Chew mm-hmm. Facebook group, whatever, whatever's your jam. You can find us. Very okay.
0: nice. We'll put all of it in the, in the notes too. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So. Thank you so much for joining us. This was so much fun. I had a Mm -hmm. great time. I got to make like (laughs) the worst version of myself. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to remind everybody where they can find you specifically? Yeah.
2: So again, the easiest part is if you go to imagininggames.com, you'll find all my social links. But on Twitter, I finally changed my handle, which I didn't realize you could do so easily now. Um, So it's IG underscore Pete for imagining games. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook and, and everywhere else as well. Yeah. Very cool. Nice. Very good. All right. Uh, well,
1: again, thank you so much uh, for joining us for this special bonus episode <laughs> of Character Creation so yeah. Spotlight. Um, yeah. And thanks to everybody else for tuning in. Uh, don't forget to check out Chu on Kickstarter, which uh, should be going on right now. Uh, and we'll see you next time.
0: Character Creation Cast is hosted by the OneShot Podcast Network. If you enjoyed our show, visit OneShotPodcast.com, where you'll find other great shows like System Mastery.
1: System Mastery is a delightful stroll through the history of role-playing games. Except the games are terrible, and the hosts are real jerks about everything. Join hosts Jeff and John as they explore the weirdest games ever made to talk about what worked, what went wrong, and which Silverhawk was the best? It was hot, Wing. Don't even add us. Find their shows at com or OneShotPodcast.com. Finally. Yay. <laughs> it's there.
0: We did it.
1: The waves are happening.
2: <laughs> it's so great talking to both of you. <laughs> it <was> just <laughs> a chemistry lost, right? Because before, it, usually it was just, you know, Ryan and I shooting the. Language. So it's great to have a third person. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Yes. Get it.
1: Oh that. I'm just I'm just glad that um we're able to do this uh, Yeah, every
2: now and then. Well thank you for yeah, making I the time too. I know like it's been super busy for you.
1: Yeah, life's been a thing.
0: <laughs> sure is a thing we have to live through.
1: <laughs> sure is a thing we have to live through. Uh, by the very definition, yes. Life.
2: You have to live it. So should I? I should probably ask now. How did you two meet?
1: Well, funny story. Yeah, I mean it was weird because we were in a, a podcast support group on Twitter together.
0: <laughs> I guess that's technically what it was. Yeah,
1: it, it really is what it is, right?
0: Uh, it was just yeah, it was like a group of people who already had podcasts, and then like they would kind of casually invite friends who were like thinking about starting podcasts so that you mm-hmm. can kind of chat about the process i don't really know like support group I don't know. It was but like that makes it sound like i've been podcasting for four okay. years
2: i've been trying yeah. to quit but I i'm
0: trying to quit and but i just started a new one yeah.
1: i mean literally you start a podcast and that's where where it goes Right. I, I've been. I got too many ideas for podcasts.
0: I, I, <laughs> I don't have can't time.
1: Somebody talk me down from this. And oh, now I'm doing another one. Fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we were. We were both in that group, and then, um, I don't know. I think just because of the way the algorithm works on Twitter or something, you tweeted about this idea for a podcast and yep. i was like sounds amazing and then the next day ryan was like so want to do a podcast and i was like sure dude i don't know um <laughs> but like it turns out ryan lives like an hour and a half north of me mm-hmm. um we oh, went wow. to the same college yeah. not at the same time but we were we went to the same college um mm-hmm. so used to live like right near where he lives um so it's. I mean, it's worked out. Unfortunately, because yeah. of the pandemic, we can never actually record together, even though know. We're not that far apart. But maybe someday.
1: I'm going to have a studio that supports two people uh, at my new house, at the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, It'll and, fit exactly uh, two people. It will, <laughs> it, will, it will. I know exactly two people and nothing else. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. Right now, it's one person and maybe a small child. So.
1: Yeah. Exactly. No. Uh. It's going to be like a ten by twelve space. Mm-hmm. or so, and enough room for at least two people, maybe even a whole table, wow. and uh, get crazy. My my goal is for us to record an episode in person one day.
0: Yes, at some point. I would love yeah. to do that. I'd love yeah. to do that. Um, so that it's we that can stop only quality. ever seeing each other in Ohio. Exactly. <laughs> when <laughs> we go to conventions, I love that Like we drive eight hours away. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, it's so great to see you. I only get <laughs> to see you once a year. It's like we don't live that far away. Like, I
3: <laughs>
1: Hour and a half a long ways.
0: It's, oh. it's not that long. It's yeah, less than know. eight hours. <laughs> it's so much, much less
1: that. than eight hours. We could do that like six times and still be uh, got, around. Don't a, you
0: come down here for a game like with your friends every so often too? Yes, I do. <laughs> okay, yeah, you drive right past me because like walkers well, like south of me. You drive further. <laughs> That's
2: very true. <laughs>
0: anyway, <laughs> the podcast. Um, Pete, how do you pronounce your last name? Uh,
2: Petrusha. So like Petrusha. Okay. Awesome. P- Petrusha. Petrusha. Yeah. Surprisingly just phonetic. Just like it's spelled. Yeah. Surprisingly yeah. phonetic.
0: That's, I, I feel like people do that with last names. Though. People get mine wrong all the time. And it's I'm like, it's antrim. It's antrim. Oh, so sure. Just how it's spelled out. But they're like atrium. And I'm like, you <laughs> oh, just no. like. Yeah, they see it. Took out some letters. <laughs> and then you added a couple <laughs> new ones. And then that's, that's great.
2: <laughs> I get that so often. My game company is imagining games. And people always like. I get the invoices. It's always imaging. Like it just, they always cut that part out in the middle. Like their head just goes, oh, imaging. It must be imaging.
0: You're like I read the first few letters. That was the <laughs> important part. Mm-hmm. I don't need to worry about the rest. <laughs> and sometimes I just read the title.
2: But it might be an autocorrect thing too, because uh, there'd be people that clearly know what it's called. And then it happens. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's an autocorrect thing. So maybe it's very possible. But like uh, nobody actually ever that. spells imagining. Like so. It's-
1: people are just using <laughs> Outlook from 1998. And Clippy keeps on popping up. Did you mean <laughs> imaging?
0: And then you just say yes, just to pacify him. So he'll yep, leave you alone. Exactly, mm-hmm.
1: because Clippy doesn't leave you alone. Clippy
0: unless is you like tell a toddler. Him, okay. <laughs> I forgot Clippy existed. Follows <laughs> <to> you around. <laughs> I love Clippy. Oh. Uh, okay. All right. I'm going to do a five count of silence to get some background noise, okay. and then we'll go ahead and start. If everybody's good.
2: It, mm-hmm. Do you hear my fans at all or anything? No.
0: Um. No, I don't think so.
1: Even if we, even if we get it picked up on your mic, um, uh, we should be able to filter that up I hear a motorcycle
2: yeah. outside. It's like chug, 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 chug. But
0: oh, yeah, this I might be
2: problem. Oh, do you? I was like, this mic, no, might No, I not- said I
0: don't. Yeah. I don't. No. Yeah. I'm sure um, the
1: Yeti is probably picking that up in audacity, but you know who cares?
0: That's what the five, five seconds five. is for to get yeah. that it's background. That? Bumpies. Huh. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I have to finish typing with my keyboard on.
2: (laughs) Clicky clack. Bye bye. Ciao. (laughs) Oh no. Bon appetit. Oh, food puns (laughs) right
3: at the end. (laughs)